Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. So we just came out of a great time of prayer and fasting. And 21 days is a very long time to fast, isn't it? And I really just want to commend those who fasted until the end. I want to ask you to raise your hands because I don't want to embarrass anyone or anything like that. But I, you know who you are, no? And ultimately, it was God's grace in us, working in us to will and to do according to his purposes, yeah? And so we give all the glory and all the honor back to him because he's the only one who can strengthen us in our busy lives to be able to do what he's called us to do. So with that said, there's a testimony that someone wants to share of just what the Lord has done during this time of prayer and fasting. And I just want to call forth Maji. Wait, where's Machi? Machi. Machi. Oh, sorry. I'm murdering your name. So she, she wanted to share testimony with us just to encourage us this morning. Okay. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So during the fast, we were, I was trusting God for the salvation of my family members, the unsaved ones. Yeah, and I remember during the first week, Thursday, we prayed specifically for salvation for our family members. Yeah, and then the Friday morning, my mother gave her heart to the Lord. So, yeah. Yeah, God is that faithful. So if you've been, if you've been trusting God for salvation for your unsafe family members, take God to his word. The Bible does say that um, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. So trust God. They will all be saved one by one. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> From the good sinners to the witches, all of them will be saved. <laughs> Praise God. We thank God for that powerful testimony of salvation. Salvation is an amazing thing. That is the entrance to the kingdom of God. And now that we're encouraged, I really sense there's still somebody who needs to share a testimony this morning. So if that's you, and the Lord really did something great for you during this time of prayer and fasting, I would really like you to come up and just share shortly. It doesn't have to be long. Just come and share what the Lord has done. There she is. Come on, Julia. So last week, good morning, church. So last week, Sunday, one of my friends, she's an intercessor, she got told her to come to me. And I said, okay. So when she came, she told me that her sister went blind. She wasn't born blind. Her eyes started itching, and then she, I think a week after that, she, 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 she just couldn't see. So we started praying and reminding God of his promises and traveling in the spirit. And now Thursday, she wrote back and said, my sister's sight is restored. She started reading, and I want to give God all the glory. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for these testimonies. We thank you for what you've been doing, and we thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you, Lord, that your river is flowing in our midst, oh, Father God. And we thank you, Lord, for just opportunities for every single person here that's sitting, that you've done amazing things through this time of prayer and fasting, oh, Father God. We thank you that those testimonies will be heard, oh, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So if you still have a testimony that you believe 
It will encourage people. And you really just want to share the goodness of God. Please speak to, oh, she's not here, but speak to Verna here. After the service, share. This is Verna, our church administrator. We want to collect. We want to collect those testimonies, and I want to celebrate God in our midst. Amen. Are you all ready for the word? Before we go to the word, there are just some um, words that I really believe God wanted me to release this morning over certain individuals. So um, it's funny that they're here, and it's really great to see some the Lord spoke to me about already last night, and some during worship. So I just want to ask this gentleman um, in the white, yes, you could you please stand, yes, please stand, no, the one next to you, just stand, yeah. And then the gentleman next to Saki with the shirt, with the blue and white shirt, please just stand, yes. And then the gentleman in blue behind um, Lefa, yes, Nico, if you could please just stand. Um, during the time of prayer and fasting, if there are faces that I've seen more than any other face, are these three faces. <laughs> and it's funny because every time I saw them, there was always just something coming in my heart towards them. And I was saying, God, what are you saying about these guys? And it's just amazing that God really wanted you guys to know that the heart that you've expressed during this time of seeking him and crying out for him has really attracted his face towards you. And he gave me this word in, um, um, let me just check it quickly. Um, I need to find it. Oh my goodness, my word just disappeared. <laughs> this is not good. Okay, I'll have to find the scripture reference. I placed it on my notes and now I can't find it. But I remember the words as clear as it was. It was basically God speaking about a tree that is planted. And we're speaking about roots going out. And we're saying that you, it, it's not Psalm, it's not the one in Psalm, but it's the one in Jeremiah. And we're speaking about how you will be like a tree planted and your roots are going out and they're really strongly rooted in God and they're taking out and you're always going to bear fruit. And I really believe that um, the Lord wanted you to know this morning that he's planted you in this house and he's planted you here for a reason and for a purpose. And that as you, you give yourself wholeheartedly to be rooted in this house, there's so much fruit that is going to come out of your lives. And I see even for some of you, you've been looking and thinking, God, I'm not so sure I'm doing this thing, but it, it kind of feels too fast maybe. But God is saying, no, it's not too fast. This is my timing. This is your season for me to work in your life. And I really believe that he wants to surround you with great men, great men around your life. Do not walk alone. Surround yourself with great men who are going to speak into your life, who are going to call you forth, and who are going to allow you to be the person that God has called you. And for Nico, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I, I also got a sense of new direction. I felt like God is bringing in your direction. He's bringing a new job towards you. Um, and in that job, it is, it is a door that he's opening. It's not a man-made door that's going to open. It's God's 
door for you and you're going to flourish in that workplace. And as you give yourself wholeheartedly to him to grow, you're going to flourish in it. And he's also breaking off certain perceptions. He's breaking off certain thoughts that you, you, may, um, yeah, you may have had of him. And he's removing those things and replacing them with his truth. Amen. Let's just give the Lord a hand. <laughs> Amen. The scripture reference is Jeremiah 17 verse 8. So if you, where you are, if you could just write that down, Jeremiah 17 verse 8, that is the scripture for you that God has given you. Amen. Please have a seat. And then I had a word for Signoria and your husband. If you guys could please just stand You're there in that corner. But I really sense for you too that God is bringing you in closer in unity in your marriage. There's a, just a new season of intimacy and unity and oneness that is coming in your marriage. And that's because he wants to influence others through your marriage. I see God bringing elevation. And the word that comes with this elevation is influence. God wants to use you to influence community. He wants you to influence your family, your direct family, your extended family. And they're going to see the hand of God upon your lives. I also saw the word wealth. Huh? And I really believe for you, sir, that God is increasing your wealth. There is more money coming into your life in this season, and it is all for the expansion. <laughs> Amen. And it is all for the expansion of his glory. And he's going to show you. He's going to show you exactly how to use those finances. And as you give yourself wholly to God and allow him to use you as vessels and to release his power through you, you're going to see amazing things. And, and it's almost like, for, for some time you've been, you've been standing and you've been saying, God, we just want to do the right thing for you. And because of that, you've been kind of cautious, you know, just cautiously calculating your steps. But the Lord is saying he's breaking off limitations in this season. He's breaking them off. And you're going you're gonna to step out in boldness. You're going to step out in strength because you know God is backing you and all of heaven is backing you up. Amen. Amen. And then I felt for, for Lincoln. Lincoln, I really felt for you, the Lord, saying that this is a season of acceleration. This is a season for acceleration for you. And the Lord is saying things that have taken long to happen in your life are going to start moving very fast. And it's almost going to feel like a roller coaster for you. But because you're rooted in the center of God's will, it's not going to make you confused. There's been times when you've looked and you said, oh God, if only I had given myself more to you earlier or more. I, if I had tasted of this, if I had known this earlier. But God is saying, you are not late, my son. This is your season. And God is doing amazing things in you. He's uprooting things and he's planting new things. And you're going to move from glory to glory to glory to glory. There is a quickening in your spirit. There is a quickening in your life. There is just increase that God is bringing to you. And he's saying, do not hold back, my son. Do not look at yourself. Do not limit yourself because of the past or because of how you feel about yourself. But go for it wholeheartedly. Swim in the river that is flowing before you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, yes, Lord, we thank you for those words. And we say amen. So be it. Um, yeah, God, guys, God is always moving. I feel like there's just a... Like a, just a, a river 
a river of just words and words and words and words, and I literally have to stop myself. And I, but I have to do one more. Siro, please stand. Siro, <laughs> the Lord is gladdened by your faithfulness. You've been a woman that had to carry a lot at the back, in the background, and people haven't actually understood how much you've exerted yourself just to do what you felt was the right thing. And you're someone who doesn't always take time to pray for hours. You just know that if something needs to be done, then it needs to be done. And I'm just going to go and do it. And God just wants you to know that he is so delighted in you. And there have just been times when you've been looking, even in this season where you've been asking yourself, God, am I doing things right? And God is saying that, you don't have to fear about doing things right. The most important thing is your heart towards him, you know? And he's bringing you out of that place of always wanting to do things right into a place of freedom and liberty in him where you've always felt like you need to be a certain way to please God. God is saying, I'm coming with my, my it's almost like he's coming with this new fire and he's burning away all those things and releasing that fresh smell of rain. You know, when it rains, after the, the felled fire, that smell that you get, that smells so beautiful. And I can feel, I can smell that fragrance over you. God is saying he's, he's burning away old patterns, burning away old ways of doing things. And he's just releasing a fresh, new grace and anointing over your life. And he wants you to know that you are anointed. You carry his presence. You carry his heart. When you pray, there is change. When you lay your hands on people to, to, to really trust God for their lives and to see things happen. He moves. He moves when you lay your hands on people's lives. I mean on people's, just on people's bodies. He actually moves through your hands. The power of the Holy Spirit is moving through you. Amen. Awesome. Praise the Lord. All right. We could do all this. Uh, this I mean we could do this all morning. And as, as words are being released. I know there are even some people that God has even been stirring to get words even for other people. So I want to encourage you after the service, share that word. Don't be afraid to share that word. Don't be afraid to share what the Lord placed on your heart for someone this morning. Amen. Awesome. So we continue with a great faith series and we are almost about to land. Okay. Two more weeks and then we are done. Okay. How many of you have been receiving from this series? How many of you feel like, oh, Lord, it's now long? <laughs> You're not going to raise your hands, eh? But as we're looking at these Bible characters and looking at their lives of faith uh, that is written in, in Hebrews 11, looking at the Hall of Fame, we've really been studying different characters and wondering why has God placed them in this letter to the Hebrews? And that is so that we can be encouraged by their faith. We've been looking at different people from Enoch to um, Noah to, I mean, so many. Yeah. Even as we were praying and fasting, we also used them as example to pray into certain things. So this morning, we're going to look at the great faith of Abraham and Sarah. Okay. One of my favorite couples in the Bible. Yeah, Abram and Sarah, how they trusted God for the impossible. And God came through in their life. So um, I just want to pray for the word. 
Father, we thank you that your word is living and active. And we thank you that it accomplishes everything that you sent it out to accomplish this morning. That every single person sitting here receives something from your Holy Spirit that will be deeply deposited in our hearts. And, and, and we will live it out as we leave this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Abram and Sarah. So I want us to read from Hebrews 11 verse 8 to 12. Hebrews 11 verse 8 to 12 says the following. By faith, Abram obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, as with him, of the same promise. Okay? And then he continues to say, For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable, thank you, Jesus, grains of sand by the seashore. Amen. Amen. So this is our key uh, text for this morning um, that we're going to look at. The story of Abraham and how God called us. And when we look at it, um, in this text, we see that by faith is mentioned at least three times. Over and over, the writer wants to emphasize by faith, by faith, by faith. These guys received what was theirs by faith. Okay. And there are three things that we can learn from this passage when we look at the, the life of Abram and Sarah. And the first thing is the faith to obey. Okay? We're going to look at what does it look like to have faith to obey. And then the second thing is faith to live on the go. Okay? Because it speaks about tense there. And then the third thing is faith to wait. Hallelujah. Faith to wait upon the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's have a look at faith to obey. We all know by now, if you've attended a, a, a Sunday school, we always had those stories about Father Abraham, the father of faith. Yeah? And we know that the call of Abraham starts in Genesis chapter 12, okay? where God speaks to Abraham. But at that time, his name is Abraham. And he, he visits this man in the city of Ur, where he and his father and his family are residing. And one day, as Abram was just going about his everyday business, he heard the voice of the Lord saying to him the following. Yeah? He said, leave your country, your people, Genesis 12, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So this is the voice that Abram heard that came to speak to him. Yeah? The first thing that was mentioned there was leave, and then he spoke these, uh, some uh, promises. And we can see those promises. Um, first of all, God said, I will, I will take you to a place of inheritance. No? And then he said, 
I will bless you and you will be a great nation. Yeah? Speaking of power, um, Abraham was going to be a very powerful man. And then he says, and I will make your name great. Yeah? Which means he was going to be a very famous guy. I mean, we are still speaking about Abraham today. That's how famous he is. Okay? And then he said, and I will make you a blessing. I will bless you to be a blessing. Yeah? So these are the promises that God gave to Abraham. But for those to take place, he said, leave your country. Leave your people and go to a land that I'm showing you. All that Abraham had was a word from God. He had no idea where he was going. He had no idea how long it was going to take to get there. But he knew he heard from God and he knew that this is something that he wanted to, to see in his life. How many of us ever heard a word from God directing us into a place that we don't even know how we're going to get there? How many of us has God spoken to step out of the water and to trust him and say, go out. This is what I'm going to do in this new season. This is what I'm going to do in this new place. And all you have is a word and no map. Yeah? For some of us, we usually first want maps. We say, okay, Lord, I'll go, but just show me. Just show me a glimpse of what the city looks like. Yeah? And then the Lord says, no, it's got milk and honey. Okay, it, but just show me. What does it actually look like? Oh, yes, Lord, I'll step out. But first open the door there. <laughs> you know? I need to see something here before I can let go of this. Isn't it? A lot of us are like that. When God speaks, we say, yes, God, I hear you. But first open that door there. So that I know it's really you. Okay? So when, when we hear the voice of God, we've got three choices. We all have choices when we hear the word of God. The first choice is to disregard it and disobey. Yeah? Because, I mean, God spoke to you. You're the only one who knows this word. It, it's not going to affect anyone if you follow it or you don't follow it. You know? So sometimes when it's too tough, we can just say, uh-uh. I don't think that's a word from God. I don't know what voice that is. I don't know what spirit that is, but it is not the voice of God, and I'm marching forward to where I need to be, and I'm staying where I, I need to be, okay? Because you're thinking, oh, maybe that's not the voice of God. Or we can say, the second thing is that we can blindly follow, yeah? Ah, I heard the Lord. He spoke to me about this, and then you move, yeah? Is that a good thing, to blindly follow? Not always. Not necessarily. Yeah? Because sometimes it can lead to deception. Yeah? To just blindly follow. If we follow from a place that is not birthed in relationship and trust, we can, we can end up in dubious places. I've heard people, they say, yeah, I'm, I'm marrying her because the Lord has shown me she's my wife. And then you ask, how do you feel about her? No, it's not about feeling. The Lord has shown me. This is my wife. Okay? And then they go and they marry the person, and then they expect because God has shown me, now everything must just work out well, and it must be. And then it's like, but the Lord has said, yeah? and blindly going, yeah. without that relationship with the Lord and saying, okay, God, I want to follow you. I want to trust you in this thing, you know? 
I want to hear your heart in this thing. I want to understand you. You know, the reason why God, I mean, why Abram could understand, uh, could follow God, is because if you read the whole account, you will see that over and over, Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 17, Genesis chapter 18, God kept visiting Abraham and speaking to him, reminding him of the promise, reminding him of the word and saying, I have not forgotten. I am still speaking. This is still me. So there was no way he could dismiss that word. And listen, it wasn't birthed in his own desires. Yeah. This was a man minding his own business. And God just appeared to him and said, this is what I want to do in your life. And for that to happen, he really needed to trust God. There was no way this was going to happen outside of God's interference. You know, it's easy to trust God for something that you know that you can play your hand into to receive or to, or to um, um, fulfill. And it's something completely different to trust God for something that you know that if it's not for God, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And this was the case of Abraham. He had to stand and to believe God to come through. Because if God didn't come through, nothing was going to be seen out of this situation. And because God disclosed himself to Abraham, it wasn't a secret thing. It wasn't like God saying something to Abraham and then concealing and just let, looking and watching how it's going. No, it was God speaking to him and leading him on the journey. And that is how God does it. That is how he does it with us. He speaks to us and then he leads us on the journey. But we have to trust him completely. We have to. You know, the reason why we struggle to receive from God and to live lives of faith it's because we don't trust him enough. And when we don't trust him enough, there's a lot of insecurity. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of trying to work things out. You know, a lot of the times we say the opposite of, uh, of faith is fear, but the opposite of faith can also be works. Yeah? So you, 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 you know God spoke, but yeah, I'm going to do something. Just in case this thing doesn't work out. Plan B. Yeah? But there was no plan B for Abraham. Either God was going to come through or this whole plan, this whole promise, this whole call was going to fall flat. It was going to fall flat. So he had to trust God completely and, and, and enter into that deep relationship with him to allow God to do what he said he would do in his life. Amen. Amen. So, we've been talking a lot about us having that heart of obedience towards God throughout this time of fasting. That faith is trusting God and stepping out of the boat, knowing that he who has spoken is faithful. Yeah? And sometimes we don't always have all the details. And I know there are many people, I mean, even... Just sharing with my own life, a lot of the times when God spoke to me, I never really had details. I just knew this is the word, that's the direction I should go to. And there were times I went to seek counsel. And the people who counsel me will be like, yeah, I can see that you're very zealous for the things of the Lord. But you need to be wise. Yeah? You need to be wise Otherwise, you know, these things don't always work out. 
you know, you know. So imagine Abram's family saying, you're going where? No, to the land that the Lord has shown me it's going to be my inheritance. What does it look like? No, he said it's a, milk, it's a land of milk and honey. Where is this land? Uh, I'm not quite sure where, but the Lord is going to lead me there. Imagine that in today's life. Yeah? You are not being wise. You're messing around with your life. First, get a clear picture in this, in this day and age of planning. And, and I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with planning, right? But when, when planning starts to exalt itself above the knowledge of God, when it starts to take God's place in our lives, then there's a problem then we're not operating in faith anymore. Now it's wisdom and budgeting and this, and then, okay, so I can take some of this money and put it here, then I'm going to do, oh, yes, God, I've got faith for this thing. And God is looking and he's thinking, huh? That's not exactly how I want to make this, yeah? Because God delights. He delights in turning people's weaknesses into strengths. He delights in taking an impossible situation and making something great out of it, something possible out of it, so that no man, no man can take the glory for it. So that you can stand and say, if it wasn't for God on my side, where would I be? Because the glory belongs to God. It does not belong to us. If we think God has chosen us and is using us because I'm smart, because I'm cute, because I'm eloquent, then we are missing the point. We are missing the point. No? It's not because of our gifts and talents. It's because of God being glorified through our lives. And that's why with Abram and Sarah, this is such an amazing example. Now let's look at faith to live on the go. Yeah. In verse 9, there, it says, By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, as with him of the same promise. Yeah. He tasted of the promised land. He landed in the promised land. And even when he got there, the Lord was saying, this is the land I'm giving to you and your descendants. This is your land, okay? Now, we all know most of the times when God was calling the Israelites to the promised land, it doesn't mean that there were no people there. There were already people that were living there. And when Abram arrived, he didn't say, step aside, people. This is my promised land. The Lord has given this to me. No, he went in there gracefully and he knew this is my land. And this is where my children will be. Huh? And this is where my generations will, will come forth and they will rise and they'll be a great nation in this land. But it's amazing to see that he was dwelling in tents. Yeah? When you get into your promised land, aren't you going to pitch or rather stake your land and say, this is the land that God has given me and this is where I'm going to stay? But yet he... Built, uh, on, uh, not built, but he pitched his tent. He was going around pitching his tent in his promised land. Why? Because in verse 10, we hear that he was looking forward to a city 
whose architect or designer and builder is God. So even though Abraham knew this is the promised land, the promised land did not become an idol to him. He was looking forward to something bigger than the promised land. And that was God himself to dwell in eternity with God. So this is telling us, saints, don't be attached to this world. Don't be attached to the things of this world. It's amazing how many people are freaking out when things go wrong because they're like, oh no, I still want this. I still want this. So attached to the things of this world that we forget that it's only a drop in the bucket of what eternity looks like. So the promised land did not become an idol to Abraham. He was looking forward to something bigger. He was looking forward to a heavenly city whose architect was God. He was looking forward to dwell in eternity with God. He was happy here. He was doing what he needed to do. He was doing what he's called to do, but he was looking forward up there. Yeah? So how many times do we sometimes get so fixed on my promise, my purposes, my word, and the word that God has spoken, and the promise that God has given becomes an idol in our life to the expense of relationship with God, to the expense of joy with God, because we're so fixed. But God, you said, God, you said, God, you said that it, it is now eating at your relationship with Him. Huh? That we, we, we can't say, God, you are my inheritance. I am grateful that you're going to do this for me. You are going to do it. And I'm glad that I can taste of it. And I'm glad that I can enjoy it. But God, you, you. So Abram wanted to be different. He wanted to set his eyes on the Lord. You know, everybody in that area was building mud houses during that time. But he had a tent. And having a tent means like you're different. Everybody could look and say, oh. This, this is a different family, you know. They, these guys seem to be foreigners in this land. He was set apart. He didn't choose to fit in with everybody else that was there, but he was set apart. He was different, and he set his eyes on Jesus. I mean, on God Himself. So he didn't choose to live a comfortable life, you know. Tens of nomadic people, semi-nomadic or nomadic people, people who go around. That's that that those those are the people that live in tents, okay. So he was saying, no, I'm not going to be comfortable here. Yeah? This, this world is not my home. I'm not going to be comfortable. But I'm going to be palatable. And I'm going to allow God to use me and lead me wherever he wants me to be. And with, do whatever he wants me to do. Amen. And then the next thing that we see is that we need to have faith to wait. This is the toughest thing for any Christian. I can affirm this even in my own life. The most difficult place to be is where God has spoken, being between where God has spoken and where the promise manifests itself. Somewhere here in between, you are thinking, God, you have spoken. Now what? Now what? What do I do? While I wait for the promise. Where do I go while I wait for the promise? How is this going to happen? How do you want me to apply myself? And this is the thing that the Sarah and Abram had. You know? When God appeared to Abram to share the promise that he had for him. 
he was only 75 years old. Yeah? And only at the age of 100 was Isaac born. That is 25 years later. And how old was Sarah? About 91. Okay? So when God appeared to them, or spoke to Abraham about a nation, I mean, it's, it's not confusion. When God says, I'm going to make you into a great nation, you're thinking offspring. You're thinking from my line. There's going to be great offspring. But he was thinking, how is this going to be? I, I, I don't have a child. I don't have anything. And then the wife was like, okay, if this is the promise that God has given my husband, chances are something needs to happen for us to have a child. Yeah? But obviously, I'm way past the stage of childbearing. Okay? She wasn't even in her 40s. You know, nowadays we're getting nervous as women when we're in our 40s. Ooh, we need to calculate, is that last child coming or not? You know, because I'm almost 40. This was way past 40. It's way past menopause. Way past the hot flashes and all these things had stopped already. They're not even happening anymore during this time. Yeah? And the Lord is saying you're going to have a child. So obviously... In the beginning, she laughed, and then she thought, oh, but maybe it's going to be through my servant. You know, because it's taking long. Here's my servant to her master husband. Do something. Maybe something will happen here. And then a child is born. And even when God visits Abraham again and talks about the great nation, Abraham said, okay, please just bless Ishmael, my son. And he said, and God says, yes, your son Ishmael is also blessed. But that is not the son of the promise. That is not who I'm talking about. From your own womb, there will come a child. You're going to have offspring. And it's just like, I don't get this, you know. So we will see that 25 years later, Isaac was born to a woman who was 91 years old. Yeah? And I put that picture there because I just wanted you guys to imagine what it's like for a 90-year-old woman to have a baby. We all know that the Bible says Sarah was a very beautiful woman. And that woman is beautiful in her age, old age, you know. So that is what it would look like for a 90-year-old woman to have a baby, the first, firstborn. And we know that when she gave birth to, to Isaac, um, she, she died and Abram married another woman. And from this woman, he had more children. Do you actually know about it? We don't hear much about that. But he had many other children, sons. Yeah? But he knew that the promise was going to come through Isaac. So even in the Bible, it says that those sons, he gave great gifts and he sent away to other areas. Nah? And he stayed with Isaac. So Ishmael was sent away and all the other sons and daughters were sent away because Isaac was going to be the son of the inheritance. He was the son of the promise. Yeah? He had to trust God on that one. So it was 25 years after the promise. In chapter 18, we see Genesis chapter 18, God speaks to Abram and says, it changes their names. And he said, you're going to be a father of great nations and your wife is going to be a mother of great nations. So no longer are you Abram or Sarai. Now you're Abraham and you are Sarah, nah? mother of nations. And from 
these, the, the great nations that you're going to bring forth, it's even going to be nations of kings. Yeah? So this is a blessing that God was bestowing. But when, when, when Abram died, or when he was old, he only left behind Isaac and two grandchildren that were of the promise. <laughs> Jacob and Esau. Remember? So they were going to perpetuate the line of the promise to bring as numerous or children as numerous as the sand, as many as the, as the stars. So it wasn't even, he didn't even taste of the promise. He was like, okay, here's my tribe here. And this is the great nation that's going to come forth. And we know only later the 12 tribes of Jacob and all that, you know. And if we are narrow-minded, we're going to look at the line of Abraham and say, that this is what God was promising. But it's more than that. It's more than that, okay? So for Sarah, she had the faith to conceive, and she was able to get Isaac at the ripe old age of 91 years old. Amen. And then we continue to say, Therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Okay? So from this line, now the descendants were going to increase. And this is where it all gets interesting because we see a different perspective of what God is doing here. Man looks with eye of the nature, the natural eye. But God was speaking about something so much bigger to Abraham. It had nothing really to do with his natural line. Okay? If we are narrow-minded, we look at Jacob and the 12 tribes of Israel. But God had a bigger picture than this. He said, those that believe in Jesus Christ, those are the seed of Abraham. Why? Because they are the ones that show faith. Abram is the father of faith. The children and the offspring of Abram are the children that show faith here in this world, on this earth. So you and I are all the seed of Abram. If we can have my next slide up there. There it is. From every nation, every tribe, as we see in the book of Revelation, all those, the multitude that's standing before God, from every tongue, tribe, and nation, worshiping God, that is the seed of Abram. And that is how he and his wife were able to bring forth a generation or a multitude of sons and daughters that are full of faith, okay, from all over the world that display the glory of God. So faith to wait is so important because number one, God's time is not always our time. Now, please hear me correctly. This is not something I'm throwing out there to make us become people that will excuse why things are not happening in our lives. Yeah? But it's something for us to be aware of. That when God promises a thing, it's not going into the microwave in 20 seconds, it's out. Okay? It takes time. And as that time is taking... You're being edified, you're being built up, you're being encouraged. He's constantly speaking to you, yeah? And you can see this throughout the story of Abraham. I didn't have time to read every scripture, 
But every, almost every opening chapter from Genesis 12 all the way up, you will see how God constantly visited Abram. He constantly promised him. He constantly showed him, this is what I'm really going to do in your life. So we need to have that faith to wait. If we don't have the patience, we're going to take things into our own hands and we're going to conceive things out of the flesh and not out of the spirit. And the flesh is very, very dangerous. It is so dangerous. And then we need to understand that God's perspective is not always our perspective. Abram saw a natural line of sons and daughters, but God saw something so much bigger. It's spiritual. It was a multitude that he couldn't count, that he never even thought he would be able to conceive because it was God that was doing it through the nations of the world. Amen. Let's just stand and pray. So, Father, this morning, as we come before you, Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that you want to do mighty things in our lives. We are so grateful that your promises that you've given us are going to come forth and we're going to see them manifesting in our lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're calling us not to have a mindset that is so boxed and so close, oh Father God, but you're a multi-generational God. I really just sense the Lord saying that behind our faith as we're standing here today is a line of people that are waiting to be impacted by our faith what we do today, how we step out, how we live our lives will echo into generations. It will echo into generations. We are not building for now and here today. We are building for generations to come. As we respond to the call of God, as we respond in faith to what God wants us to do, there are other people that will be impacted by that. People are here today because your grandmothers responded in faith. Because your grandmother said yes to God. Because your grandmother said yes to leaving their nation and coming to Namibia. You are here and you are who you are today. And I can see even today God is reminding you of that. And he's saying remember my faithfulness to the generation that went before you. And it is the same faithfulness that I'm going to show you and your descendants. I am the great I am. Greater things are yet to come. Your eyes have not seen yet, but your spirit can conceive it. Your spirit can sense it. Your spirit can feel it, even now. I really just sense the Lord is speaking. He is speaking. He's whispering to every person that's standing here. Something personal to you, to you specifically. And he's saying, do not tarry. Do not wait. Step out of the boat. Do that thing now. Do that thing today. Make a decision that now that we've fasted and we've prayed, as people were asking, now what? It's time to step out of the boat. It's a time to thank God that He is doing exactly what He said He's going to do. Father, I thank you for your blessing over each and every single person here this morning. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we receive all that you have in store for us. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're taking us from glory to glory to glory, Father God. The things that are holding us back, we lay at the altar this morning and we say, God, be magnified. God, be glorified. God, be lifted up higher and higher and higher and higher. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father God. 
If you are here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to come into that relationship. Because it's not God's heart for you to blindly follow others and what they're doing, but it's God's heart for you to have a relationship with Him, to be led by His Spirit, and to be taken from one level to the next by His Holy Spirit. So this morning, if you're here and you don't know the Lord, you don't have a relationship, I just want to ask you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. Is there anybody who does not know Jesus? You want to give your life to Jesus? Anybody? Any hand? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, we thank you for your goodness. As we continue the rest of this year, as we have given you this month, we've cried out to you, we have asked you to bless it, and we've dedicated to you. Now we say, may the rest of the year be holy unto you, and be full of your presence, your protection, your guidance. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.